0: The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert
1: Park area. All right. well, take your Bibles with me. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2 and... Uh... Tonight, I, I don't have any anything new or exciting to speak about. I'm not going to amaze you with my great, deep theological wisdom. It would amaze me if I had deep, great theological wisdom. But um, tonight, I, I'm going to just take the time that I have and uh, just try to encourage us. Just try to be an encouragement and, and just remind us of some things that we tend to forget from time to time as we journey through our Christian life some things we, we, it's easy to take for granted to forget about that's one thing I've noticed about men, we're very forgetful we're extremely forgetful Um, we remember the Lord when things are not so well good in our life but when things calm down and, and, and he takes us through the storm and we're on calm seas Again, sometimes we we tend to forget. And and that's a that's a common theme throughout the scripture if you look if you look through the books of judges, you'll see Israel they'll they'll fall into sin and and God will send them into captivity and they'll turn to God and they'll cry unto the Lord and God will deliver them and then the next thing you know they turn back to sin and go back to what they were doing before and they go back into captivity they cry unto the Lord and he delivers them and it's a long process but life is filled life is filled with hopes and dreams isn't it Uh, from our youngest kids in here tonight to the oldest in the room uh, we our lives are filled with hopes and dreams we we hope for things and 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 we we imagine great things but life is also filled with pitfalls and challenges isn 't it? Uh, a lot of times our hopes and dreams are dashed against the the rocks of reality and uh, I think about that often. I remember as as a young man uh, having hopes and dreams, my plans, the things I wanted to do now when i was when I was eighteen, for instance, if you had told me that I was going to spend my my entire life in the ministry and 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 work for the Lord and do things for the local church and and all the things that i 've done i i don 't think that I would have envisioned that and i 'm not so sure I would have actually enjoyed the the, the thought of that uh, i 'm not so sure that I would have looked forward to that with with great excitement or or zeal or or anything else, uh, but we all have hopes and dreams and And we all imagine the things that we want to do. But life is full of pitfalls and life is full of challenges. Now my grandpa, my old grandfather, my my mother's father, he used to say, boy, life is tough. And then you die. And boy, I used to think, man, you know, that's kind of a bleak outlook. You know? That's all I got to look forward to, grandpa, is a tough life. And then one day... (laughs) die? I mean, that's not, there's not much hope in there. That's not much, there's not much reason to go forward in in that outlook, but that was his outlook. Um, But you know, in some ways he, he was right. In some ways he was right because life is temporal. This life is temporal. It's, it's not eternal. And Uh, It will all come to an end. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, heaven and earth shall pass away. He didn't say it might pass away. He didn't say it could pass away. He said heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not. Uh, So we as believers, we are to live our life not for the here and now. We're not to live our life for Hopes and dreams and aspirations, although there's nothing wrong with those. Now that I'm older, I I don't hope and dream as much. Right now, my hope and dream is is that my health care holds out so I can uh, continue to take care of myself. But we're not to live for, for, for the here and now. We're not to live for the temporal. We're to live for the eternal. He, Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also so I think it's very important that, that we as God's children understand that this life is temporal. It's not, it's not eternal. That uh, we, this, this life does not define us. This life does not determine our eternal estate. Um, we are here uh, in a temporary state. We are here, as Pastor said this morning... We are here to serve God. We are here to 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 do the work of the ministry, to further the kingdom of Christ. Not not we're not here um, to 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 hang on to things and amass things in this temporal life. Now, tonight I'd like to talk about our development as Christians, our our growth and our our stages of life, if you will. Um, and and I find that. We can closely parallel our Christian life to our physical life in this matter of of growth. We go through stages of growth, uh, both spiritually and physically. We go through physical growth, of course, and we go through spiritual growth. Uh, And we will go through these stages, and this is what I I really want to focus on tonight for uh, just a few moments. It's always my intention, always my intention to have a brief service, to have a brief message. So if I can stay on my notes tonight, we'll be brief. So you pray and hope I can stay on my notes and, and we'll get along. Now, these stages of development during and through our life on and in this temporal world uh, is, is not what I want to look at this evening. What I want to look at tonight is our spiritual a development. So, let's look at our text verse tonight. Look at, with me at 1 John chapter 2. And let's begin reading at verse number 12. Here John writes, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men... Because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Let's pray before we go any further. Father, thank you for for your love for us. Thank you for your grace. We thank you that... Father, you are holy and that you are righteous in all things. And you are so good and so gracious to us. So, Lord, we ask tonight that you would remind us of these things that we're going to discuss, that you would strengthen us in our daily walk with you, that you would help us to focus our hearts and our minds on the real reason we are here. And help us to find happiness and contentment In this life, knowing that we are serving you and that we are drawing ever nearer to that day when we will be with you for all eternity. Bless those that have come tonight. I pray you'd you'd use the words that I speak to edify and build us up. Thank you for these things now we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing tonight I'd like to do is talk to uh, address the stage of life known by little children. So number one is little children. In John 2.12, he says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Now, there are few things as precious in life as little children. Don't you agree? Just little children. I love to just sit at home and sit in my in my chair and look and watch my grandkids. I just love to just watch them as they are fascinated by everything they see, everything they touch. Everything is new in the life of a little child. Uh, they're, They're so precious. Their innocence, their simplicity. It doesn't take a lot to make a little child happy, does it? Just the least little things, the little simplest little things. And they just beam and they light up. Uh, their loving spirit and their loving nature. You know, the beautiful thing about little children is they just don't have any ulterior motives. Now, teenagers have ulterior motives. I got some new teenagers in this, in this room and I, I, I weep for their parents. Teenagers have ulterior, have ulterior motives. When, when my kids would do something really nice, I'd step back and say, okay, what do you want? Huh? But a little child just, he doesn't have all of those pretenses and, and, and all of those things. They're just so precious. Um, my grandsons went to Legoland yesterday and I was watching, I was looking at some of the photos and watching the, the videos of of them playing in the little water park and, and all the different things they were doing. And I thought, my, look how, look how happy they are at the simplest little thing. Water squirting up straight out of the ground. And they're just, wow. And they're just so elated and so excited. And so thrilled by that. So there are a few things as precious as children. But can I also say this? There are also a few things that's frustrating. That's frustrating. As little children? Huh? Don't they sometimes just want to drive you mad? Their 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 lack of experience and their 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 the their lack of understanding. They can be so frustrating. You know, the disciples felt that way. And I know they did because they, they look at, at Scripture. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 13. It says, and they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. The disciples said, get those kids away from here. Don't let those kids come near the Lord. It it seems like these little children irritated the disciples for some reason. So much so that they didn't want them around Jesus. Maybe they thought that Jesus was just too important to lower himself to dealing with simple children, the simplicity of children. Maybe they thought, he's just, he's just too far beyond that. You can't waste a large time with little children. Get them away from here. Maybe they thought spiritual things don't belong to little children. They can't possibly understand the words that the Lord is going to speak. So get them out of here. Get them away. Take them away. Go, go let them play with rocks and stones and fish. Maybe they thought these things. I mean, after all, children are immature, aren't they? They are irrational. And they are illogical. I mean, this is the plight of children. Children. They're immature, they're irrational, they're illogical. And so maybe these disciples said, you know, these children, you just don't need to be around the Lord. Get them away from the Lord. But the Lord said, bring them unto me. You see, they are these things because they are children. They are immature because they're little children. Sometimes I have to remind people dealing with young children, you know, they are just a child. You know, don't expect them to understand everything in life yet because they're just a child. Oh, don't be careful with my cell phone. Don't hit that switch. Don't touch that button. But they're children. They don't understand everything yet. They're immature. They're irrational. They want what they want and they don't care whether you want them to have it or not. And they're illogical. They don't make any sense at all. They're just children. But you know, there are some good things about children, too. They're enthusiastic. Little kids are just so enthusiastic. They're eager to please. They're eager to please their parents. They're eager to please the people around them. They try so hard, don't they? Little children try so hard to please their moms and their dads. Even even, even I've been amazed over the years when you have parents that abuse their kids or, or mistreat their kids, those children still love their parents and they're still so eager to please their parents. And they're energetic. Wow, are they ever energetic. I can't keep up with, with my with my grandchildren. Pastor, I don't know about you, I can't keep up with them. We go out in the backyard and they say, Chase me, Grandpa! ha, <laughs> ha. After five minutes, I'm in, my, I'm in my, my chair out on the deck and they just come up. Come and chase me, Papa. Chase me, Papa. Papa can't chase you. <laughs> They're energetic. By the way, many of us could stand to be more like little children in our Christian life. More of us could stand to be enthusiastic about the Lord. More of us could stand to be more energetic when it comes to serving Christ. And we could stand to be eager to please the Lord more. Not so concerned with ourselves, but concerned with doing those things that honor God. See, little children are irrational, and they're going to do what they want to do, and they don't care about about anything else, and, and most of the time I see a lot of Christians today behaving that way. Behaving like irrational, immature, illogical little children. Oh, we think, we think we're think we in the, one of the other groups, but in many ways we behave just like the little children. And we can sure stand to have some of their good qualities. In fact, Jesus told his disciples that the kingdom of heaven was like unto little children. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 14, but when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. In other words, when when they they told him to get the children away, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. But we also must understand that we are not to remain as little children our entire Christian life. We are to grow. In First Corinthians chapter thirteen and verse eleven, Paul writes, "When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, and Paul here is, is telling us that when we grow, when we, when we mature, when we develop as god 's children, we're to put away the childishness in our life and we 're to live our lives with maturity." And with understanding, we're to put away childish things. Often is, often is the time that I wish I could go back and be a little child again. You ever, did any of you ever do that? Any of you ever think, boy, I'd love to go back and be a little child again? I had such a wonderful childhood. My mother and father were such loving, caring people. We had a great child. The last time we all got together, my brother and my sisters and I, we, we, we sat down and talked about how how blessed we were to have a mother the mother and father we had, and what a wonderful childhood we had. No responsibilities, no cares, no worries, just playing every day, safe and secure under my parents' protection. But I can't go back because this is not normal for a human being. It's not normal to remain a child. Children have to grow up. And with that comes the responsibilities that we must bear and, and, and the different, the different um, expectations that come along with that. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 we read, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Children are vulnerable. And this is why they need protection. They're not able to defend themselves against all the things that would and could harm them. So we, their parents, we protect them. We watch guard over them. We stand guard over them uh, as they are children and as they are developing and as they are growing. It's, we, they're under our watch care we, we care for them and watch them Aren't you so happy today For the watch care of God the Father As he, as he watches over you as, as, as his child And he protects you and, and makes sure that no harm comes to you uh, We protect them We teach them We teach our children At least I hope we do we, we instruct them. When they do something wrong, what do we do? Well, if, they, if it's something that warrants a spanking, we spank them. But not all things necessarily warrant a spanking. Sometimes all they really need is a word of encouragement. Sometimes they just need guidance. They need instruction. So we teach them. You know, sometimes when we mess up as God's children, what does he do? Sometimes he, he, he spanks us, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets our attention But sometimes it doesn't require that But he's always there He's a loving, caring father Who constantly teaches, guides And instructs us through his Holy Spirit And We protect them and we Teach them and they trust us I I hope my children Trusted me when they were little I think they did I hope they still trust me because I remind them often, I don't care, my youngest is going to be 28. I tell them, you know, you, you guys are still my kids. You know that? You're still my children. You're always going to be my children. I don't care if, you, if, if I live to be 100, like Zelda, and, and my kids, they're still going to be my kids. I'm still going to refer to them as my kids because they're always going to be my children. And and we love them and we care for them, and God does us too. So first today, tonight we have to we have to see our, our our aspect as children. Yeah, sometimes we are mature, sometimes we're irrational, sometimes we're illogical. Now I pray that when it comes to spiritual things, we have that enthusiasm, we we have that energy, and we have that eagerness. To please the father and serve him as a child does his parents. But there are two things that we can do as children to help us grow out of the, this stage of our life and grow into the next stage. And, and, and let me share those real quickly. First of all, A, we need to study. We need to study. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, Paul says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, Paul Paul addressed a group once, and he said, y- y- you should be teaching others, but you have need that one teach you. And and I think far too many of our Christians in, in the world today, and I'm not necessarily saying that's true of members here at Berean because Pastor has an, uh, an active and aggressive teaching ministry here. And we are well-taught people. But so many Christians today fail to study the Word of God. What about you tonight? Let me ask you, do you study the Word of God? I'm not talking about just show up at Sunday school or just show up at a Bible study and listen to what's said. Do you take time to meditate upon do you take time to, to dig into the Word of God, to study, and to, and to see the things that God has for you to see? Study. This is something important. We, we stress to our children concerning their school, we stress to them to do what? To study. We, 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 they come home from school and we make them sit with textbooks and we make them study. Why? So they can develop knowledge, so they can grow so they can develop understanding and wisdom, so they can make good and right decisions. Oh, we need to be children who study the word of the Lord. None of us, I don't care who we are in this room, will ever amass all the knowledge possible from God's word. And if we ever, if we ever get so foolish to reach a point that we think we've learned enough, it's then that we'll see just how little we really know. So study. And then, this is very important for us as God's children. Submit. Submit. I used to tell my my school kids, every year when school would start, I'd say, I got two rules in my class. Number one, you do whatever I say. Number two, refer to rule number one. And you do those two things, and we'll be fine. Because there's only one person that can that can be in charge. And if we don't learn to submit to the thought to the authority, there's going to be trouble. Listen, when 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 we are at a stage in our life, some of you here may be in this childhood stage. Maybe you're new to the Christianity. Maybe you just recently got saved, or you're just coming along, and you just don't know it all yet. It's very important in this stage of your life that you learn to submit to the authority that God has put over you. And that authority in our church is the pastor. Now, I'm not saying be blind and give the pastor carte blanche. He wouldn't even want that. I know for a fact he would not want you to just blindly trust him. But when you are at a a point in your Christian life, when you're confused, when you're not sure how to proceed... Submit yourself to the authority that God has placed above you been a lot there' been many times in the last thirty three years I just wasn 't sure about something and I went to the lord and i said lord i 'm going to trust the counsel you 've set before me i 'm just going to trust the men that you 've placed in my life to, to to lead me and guide me right now, and i 'm going to submit and that 's what we need to do as as children, we need to submit to the authority of God. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable, for you. So, children just need to learn to submit. You expect that of your children at home. And, and we should, should conduct ourselves in our spiritual lives in the same manner. Just learn to submit. So for those of you, maybe you're, you're younger Christians and you'd say, oh, I'm just not so sure about everything. I'm not so sure about all these things. Just learn to submit to the man, submit to the authority that God has placed over you in your life. Trust in the Lord and, 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 He will guide you and lead you. Remember this. The Holy Spirit always leads us into truth. Not into error. If we awaken in the morning and find ourselves in error, it wasn't the Holy Spirit that led us there. It was our own flesh. So learn to submit. But then, secondly tonight, I want to talk about the young men. The young men. Back in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 13, John wrote, I wrote unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. Now, we come to the next stage in our growth and development, and that is the young man stage. Now certainly, this stage is even more trying than the little children stage. Because, you see, this is the age of knowing it all. This is the age when you know it all. You know it all. It doesn't matter if somebody's been doing it 40 years. They don't don't know as much as you. You know it all. This is the young man stage. Uh, This is the stage where no one can tell you anything. You don't need anyone to help you. You don't want anyone to help you. In fact, you are insulted if someone even implies you need help. Now, those in this stage do have some definite advantages. Those in the young men's stage have some really great advantages, and, and they are confidence. The, in the young man stage, you have lots of confidence. Uh, courage. Huh? Yeah, the young man stage is when you've got a lot of courage. You, you're not afraid to go out and do anything you have to do. You have strength. I remember when I had strength. It was fun when you had strength. Right, Gary? <laughs> Praise the Lord for Brother Gary. We're going to talk about him in a minute. He's at the big stage up there. When young man has strength. And you know, the church needs the young men. It really does because the church needs those, young, those, those people with, with great confidence and, and with courage to, and boldness to stand out and step out and, and strength and endurance. In my, in my latter years, of, of uh, I think about Brother Jared all the time. In the last few years, I was chasing the teenagers around. Man, I just didn't have the endurance I used to have. Those, those guys never run out of energy. Brother Jarrett. They never run out of energy. I'd go to these retreats and they were up till three o'clock in the morning, man. I was and I had to keep an eye on them, you know. Uh, So I I learned the system. I'd close this eye and keep this one on them for a while. And after a while I'd open and close this one and keep the other one on them for a while. But the endurance and, 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 and we need this. We need that in the church. We need to, in order to do all the things we have to do and accomplish all the tasks that we have to accomplish. We need we need these young men in our church and and ladies. I'm referring to you when I say young men. I'm referring to men and women, um, the young adults, the adults that have uh, lots of energy. Uh, we need that, but those strengths sometimes are confounded by the weaknesses that also accompany this stage of life. That's impatience, impetuousness, and inexperience. This reminds me a little of the messenger we see in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 18. This is a story where Absalom is slain. And there's a messenger, his name is Ahimaz, And Ahimaz wanted to run and tell the king, give him a message, and and Joab tells him, well, you don't have a message to give, so stand by and wait. And Joab sends Cushai to David to, to bring David tidings of, of, of the battle. And we read in Second Samuel chapter 18, beginning at verse 22, Then said Ahimaz, the son of Zadok yet again to Joab, But howsoever let me, I pray thee, also run after Cushai, And Joab said, Wherefore wilt thou run, my son, seeing thou hast no tidings ready? But howsoever said he, Let me run. And he said unto him, Run. Then Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain and overran Cushai. Now from this, I'm I'm imagining Cushai is probably an older guy. He's probably one more experienced. And and he's going to go and deliver this sensitive news to, to King David. Because David doesn't really want to hear his son is dead. So Cushai, he's out there running, and he's running to bring David the message. And here comes a him-ass. He's, he's the energizer bunny, just right on by. And he runs past Cushai, and he gets to David. And he says, Hail, king, I bring you tidings of the battle. And David says, Is, is, the, is, the, is the boy alive? He, he says, Is Absalom alive? Oh, I don't know. David says, well, stand over there and just, just wait. This is how we some, sometimes are, right? We're impatient. We're impetuous. We're, our inexperience leads us to often make some, some unwise decisions in our lives. Now, this Ahimaaz had a lot of enthusiasm. He was full of energy, and he was eager to, to bring the, the king a message, but he was impetuous. He had no message. Confidence, strength, courage, these will fail you. They will fail you without consistency, experience, and patience. Oh, so, so often I, I've i counseled so many and mentored so many young Christians over the years. We've had a lot of young men that have come and gone in this church, and, and I've worked with them, and I've tried, to, I've tried to mentor them, and I've tried to to, to help them develop as in their Christian life. And, and they were just, they had lots of confidence, lots of strength, and lots of courage, but they lacked consistency, they lacked experience, and they lacked patience, and they got impatient, and, and they, they made poor decisions and fell by the wayside. I've seen many young men fall by the wayside due to their rash and often needless mistakes. Now, there are three things I, I want to stress during this stage of our Christian life. We've got a lot of young young men stagers here in this church. And there's three, three very important things you need to remember. First is this, sanctification. I want to stress the word sanctification. 1 Peter 3.15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you, a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. There is nothing better we can do with our life than to live it for God's use and God's glory. Sanctification. I've, I've, I've seen so many who just, they want to do, but they don't want to give it all to God. They want to hang on to a little bit of that life. They they don't want to give God everything. Folks, we owe God everything. Do you understand that? You owe him everything. Paul said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. The very food we eat, the very air we breathe, our existence belongs to God. We owe him everything. Everything, And I'm not just talking to uh, the moms and dads in this room. I'm talking to the to the kids. You owe God everything you should be. You young kids need to sanctify your lives. You need to you need to go to God in prayer and say, Father, as 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 Paul did on the road to Damascus. What wilt thou have me to do? What do you want me to do, Lord? Where do you want me to go? We need to have a sanctified life. My life belongs to God. If he wants to take it, praise his holy name. He, I'll give him what strength I have. I'll give him what I have and let him use it. For his glory, not for mine. We need to learn to sanctify our, our, our lives. But then secondly... The word separation. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Remember, remember this. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. To be a friend of this world, to give yourself to the pursuits of this world, to embrace the lusts of this world, is to be in the camp of the enemy of God. The Bible said Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We read over that verse like it's no big deal. Do you you realize what Moses gave up? He was going to be Pharaoh. He was going to be the king of of Egypt and he thought it better to to live the life of a slave with God's people than to be a king in this world far too many believers today though far too many young men are like Samson always turning to the world for their pleasure and failing to honor the Lord with their hearts and minds. We need we need we need young men and young women today who are going to be separate from the world. Who are going to separate their, their hearts and minds, who are going to remove the the, the 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 filth that they that they involve themselves in and 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 come out from among the world and separate unto the Lord and present to him their lives holy blameless before the Lord. And then thirdly I want to I want to stress this word and that's the word service. Service. Now the devil came to Jesus and tempted him in Luke chapter 4 and we we know that story we all know that. And one of the one of the ways he tempted Jesus was to have Jesus bow down and serve Satan. And Satan said, I'll give unto you all the kingdoms of the earth if you do. Like they were his to give to begin with. And we read in Luke chapter 4, in verse, beginning of verse 5, And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now, first of all, the devil was a liar because it wasn't the power wasn't his. All power belongs to Jesus. Secondly, the kingdoms of the world wasn't his to give, because All things consist by him, all things were made by him, and all things belong to him. And that is Jesus. But we all have to, we all need to serve the Lord. We all have to work to provide for our family's needs. I understand that. But we are not defined by what we do from 8 to 5 on Monday through Friday. We are defined as children of God, and we are to serve him. Now, yes, we have to work, but even even in the work that we do to provide for our families, our service should be unto God. No matter what you do to earn your income, first and foremost, be a servant of the Lord. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Let's let's go to Colossians chapter 3 real quickly. I just want to read a few verses. Colossians chapter 3, and we'll begin at verse 19. Well, actually, let's begin at verse 18, because I don't want to leave the wives out. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. So do you see there, even on our jobs... We are, even even on our secular jobs, we are to serve as unto the Lord. We are to labor as though we were laboring for God himself. Not, not with, not, he, he said, not with eye service. Not just when we're being watched or when it will when benefit us. But at all times and in all things. We are to labor as unto the Lord. We are to serve the Lord at all times in our life. So we, we see the children, and the children, of course, um, grow into the young men. But then, thirdly, tonight, I want to quickly look at fathers. Fathers. Now, this is where everybody wants to be. And if you poll believers, they would all, they, most believers would say, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not in the little children stage. Oh, no, 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 not me, not me. And, and, and I've I've grown beyond the young men stage. I'm in the I'm in the father stage. Yeah, I'm in the father stage. And that's where most Christians would place themselves. But are we? Are we? Well, let's see. First John chapter two and verse thirteen I write unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome him that is the wicked one. Now, we've reached the last stage of our journey, and that is the stage of the fathers. Now, this, of course, would represent full development, it represents adulthood. Now, when we reach this stage in our Christian life, what, what attributes do we find? Well, this, this is what we find we find maturity, we find consistency, experience. Patience, commitment, and I'm sure probably you could even think of some others to add to the list. And, and this is what we find in, in, in those that God has placed, or, or those that have developed into this father stage. Maturity, consistency, experience, patience, commitment. Now at first glance, one might think that this stage of Of the fathers ushers in retirement. Hey, I've reached the father stage. Uh, It's time for me to sit back and take it easy now. And many who profess to be fathers equate this to imply that they have done their share of the work. I've had people tell me that I've done my share. Let somebody else do it now. Wow. Can Can I just say, wow? You really think you've done your share? Uh, As far as I'm concerned, my share will never end. I can never do enough. I can never do too much. So if you make a statement like that, take yourself out of the father's stage right away. Because you have no idea what this is all about. And I'm not trying to get anybody mad, but hey, I'm not up here to, I'm not running for office. And you can't fire me, so... They think now they can sit back and watch the younger men do the work. But in this I must disagree. I'd like for you to turn with me to Titus now. That's not too many books over. Thessalonians, Timothy, and then Titus. Let's go to to Titus. And look at verse number... Two. I'm, t- I'm sorry, chapter number 2. And let's look at verse 1. Here we read, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged woman likewise, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters, and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Now here we see an encapsulation of the responsibilities of the fathers, of the aged men and of the aged women. Of the fathers, their responsibility is 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 uh, is is great and, and and is important. Now, I've been in the ministry for thirty three years tonight, and and I'm not going to lie to you. I I have had times when I when I was tired. I've had times when I I was very tired. But I've never grown tired of the Lord. And and I've had times when I was weary. And as you can imagine, in 33 years of ministry, the many disappointments that I've experienced from from those around me and and other things, I've been weary. There are times when I've been just so weary. But I've never been weary of serving the Lord. And I'm not as healthy as I once was. But God gives me the strength. And God gives me the grace to keep going. Paul, Paul went to God with his affliction and God said, My grace is sufficient for thee. Now is not the time to retire. To coin a phrase I've heard used many times, it's not time to retire, it's time to re-fire. If you fancy yourself in this group tonight, there are little children that need you to step up and protect them. If you believe you're in this group tonight, then there are young men that need you to keep them reined in. All these strengths I named a moment ago, maturity, consistency, experience, patience, commitment, these strengths that you have gained through years of trials and tribulations in your Christian life, God did not bring you to this point. So you can retire. He brought you here so you can lead. And inspire others. Oh yes. There, there are two very important contributions. From those tonight that would, would be in this group. Let me share them with you and I'll be done. First. Letter A. Exemplify. 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 Philippians 3.17 Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. It is your job to be an example to those that God has given you to lead. Be an example. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12 tells us to be an example. He told Timothy, be an example in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith. And purity. Let me remind you all of something tonight. No matter who you are. Somebody is watching you. And I'm not talking about the Lord. The Lord is always watching us. But I'm talking about some person is watching you. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe, maybe it's one of your family members who don't know the Lord. And, and they're watching you. And they're they're observing your life. They're they're, they're looking to see just how serious you really are. Just how committed you really are to this thing called Christianity. Somebody is watching you. Somebody is depending on you. Even if they don't know it. Do you know, listen to me. Do you know that everybody in Ronapart is depending on this church? Did you know that? They don't even know it. This church and churches like this around this country are, are the lighthouses. They're the beacons that send forth the good news of the gospel of Christ. Often it is the preaching of, of pulpits like this that sound out the, the, the righteousness and sound out the, the word of God that reigns in the evil that could be. Rona Parks, depending on Berean Baptist Church tonight, they don't know it; they have no idea, but I know it, and the Lord knows it too, and that's why it's here. Somebody is depending on you, even if they don't realize it, and it is up to you and I to to live a life of example in front of all of those around us, our children, uh, our 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 younger. Saints who've just recently been saved, we need to be an example and an example in a good way, but then secondly and lastly, the word edify edify i don 't have time to turn to it i 'm going to uh, you can read it later from Ephesians chapter four. Paul talks about the different offices within the church and and these things, and he talks about. Uh, that these, these things were given for the edification of the saints. There's a poem I, I love. It's called The Bridge Builder. Any of you ever, ever hear this poem? Listen, listen to the words of this poem. An old man going a lonely highway came at the evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The rapids had no fears for him. But he turned when safe on the other side and built a span to bridge the the tide. Old man, cried a fellow pilgrim near, you're wasting your time in building here. Your journey will end with the closing day. You will never again pass this way. You have crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build you this bridge at eventide? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, in the path I have come, he said, there follows after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This stream which has been as naught to me, to that fair youth, may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I build this bridge for him. And that's our job. We're not here to live lives of ease and pleasure and self-gratification and self-satisfaction. There are far too few tonight that truly care about what happens to others. They're too preoccupied with their own problems. They're too consumed with their own needs. They're too selfish and too self-centered to think about someone else. But this is not the will of the Father for us. In Matthew 6, verses we're very familiar with, Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We're all going through different stages in life and as I said, we, we all want to believe that we're 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 up in the father stage, the mature stage and and, and and all of these things and but are we? I feared that in many ways a lot of a lot of Christians are still in the little children stage. They just they just haven't they just haven't grown. They just, they just haven't learned to, to to give to the Lord. They just haven't learned to serve Him and They're eager. They're eager and they're enthusiastic, but they just lack the wisdom. And a lot of a lot of our Christians, I believe, plateau on the young men stage and when the cares of this life overtakes them. And 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 they have the energy and and they have the strength and, and they have the confidence and the courage to to take on the tasks and serve the Lord, but they're just not willing to make that sacrifice. They're not willing to commit. They'll just stand by and let somebody else do it. And if no one else does it, well, okay. So it just doesn't get done. We need more bridge builders in our Christian churches today. We need more men who, who say, you know, this wasn't any problem for me, but there are, there are younger, there are others coming along who, who need my help. And they're willing to serve and they're willing to use the wisdom and the experience that they've gained, the maturity that they have, and, and they, they stand in the local church, and they serve, and they lead by example, they're tired, and they're weary, and, and, and they're worn, but they don't stop. That's where we need to be. Berean Baptist Church needs more fathers. More men who will come forward and say, "You know what? I'm going to do what needs to be done." So even if it means I gotta, I've got to give up a little time here or there, or I've got to, I've got to commit to some things, and I'm going to do what needs to be done, so that the work of the Lord can be done in this place. What about us tonight? Where where are we in our lives? I, I, don't, I don't know where I am. I hope I'm a father, but I don't know that I am. But what about you? Let's grow. Let's grow up. You know, my daddy used to say, boy, just grow up. I'd go to him crying, and whining, and boy, just grow up. Just grow up. Hey, Christians, grow up. Get serious about your Christian life. Quit quit wasting the time that God has given us. Let's grow up. And let's do something meaningful with our life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, help us to to grow. Help us to mature. Help us, Father, to, to become fathers in the local church. To become those that that you can depend on, those that you can use, those that will, will care about it and care for those around them. Thank you for our church. I thank you for our pastor and his, his love for you and his, his, his willingness to serve in this place. Help each of us to follow his example and to, to serve fervently unto the Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: dot